0: Everyday items at great prices that lie. Discounts for a limited time. We keep prices low. Prices that stay low for longer. Value you can count on.
1: Hottest
2: low prices right by the front door.
1: Is supermarket pricing transparent enough? In a week long investigation, NBR analysed new data covering the pricing of all New Zealand's major grocery retailers to find out. In this special edition of NBR's compilation podcast, You'll hear what we found.
0: NBR recently got hold of data from all major grocery retailers over a six-week period. That showed that if price transparency is one of the aims in making New Zealand's supermarket trade more competitive, it's going in the opposite direction. Massey University marketing professor Bodo Lang looked at the data and found it baffling.
3: And so I think most people would say, look, it makes sense for some products in season to be much cheaper and then maybe at the at the tail ends of the season or right at the start to be slightly higher. But even for products that really have no producing season, they might have consumption season, but there's no producing mm-hmm. season for Coca-Cola one and a half liters. Mm-hmm. Um, and even for those products, there's a substantial price difference. And I was really surprised how large those differences are in price. That product that had the biggest price difference was Coca-Cola one and a half liters. And right. the price difference, when you just looked at within supermarket chain variation, so, you know, supermarket A, prices is at this at the high price, this at the low price. And then I used that variation to look at all of the supermarkets across a six-week period you see a 91% price difference wow that is huge there's two others which are you know <laughs> broccoli and carrots you right, know yeah. they had price variations of 80% so within a six week period looking at within supermarket variation but across the supermarkets then yeah. you know you see an 80% variation so that's you know that is a lot i mean it's nearly paying double for your broccoli or carrots
0: but is confusion the actual aim of these fast-moving, highly variable prices? Uh,
3: it's it's very difficult for consumers to really make sense of the marketplace, you know, when yeah. they're buying groceries. Because there's, you know, in each category, so let's say you're willing to buy beer or baked beans or bread, I mean there are multiple Brands. Each of those brands has multiple variants, if you Mm. think of bread. Mm. And then there's different prices for each of those breads. So if you think of the decision matrix, you know, doing a full
0: grocery shopping trolley, it's incredibly complicated. The data dump has come at a time when the market stands to become even less competitive than before, with Foodstuff's North Island and Foodstuff's South Island seeking to merge. Competition campaigner Tex Edwards believes the application to merge has come
4: at a tricky time. The merger is a sensible board-driven focus on creating further scale inside the foodstuffs business that wouldn't attract any public scrutiny had it not been for the substantive Commerce Commission inquiry into grocery and supermarket competition. And what actually happened in New Zealand at the strategic level when the Commerce Commission did its study, it sort of ended the 40-year or 50-year supermarket revolution that happened in New Zealand where consumers were were getting benefits from continued cost outs, improvements in quality of goods, lower, lower real prices. And it sort of signalled that the, that the supermarkets in New Zealand had lost their social licence as a consequence of mischievous mergers and acquisitions. And the Commerce Commission inquiry sort of illustrated to the public that they were being gouged, point one, and point two is they weren't benefiting from normal OECD-style competitive forces that most other consumers in the world benefit from. This merger couldn't have come at a worse time for the supermarkets who'd lost their social license. This is where it's a very risky strategy at the board level to submit a merger like this to the Commerce Commission, is that even the most elementary economist would say there's no market structure to have passed through of these benefits sent to consumers. When the Commerce Commission did its, its review of the supermarkets, they noticed this tremendous geographic monopolization where there's pockets of only one franchise or pockets of the other operator. And because these markets, these organizations aren't competing on price, and the exact words were, there's only a fringe of competition, there's no real competition, if there's cost taken out, that benefit goes to the owners of the supermarket, not to the consumers, and that's the real problem that will be subject to quite
1: a substantial amount. New data shows that supermarkets price alcohol in a vigorous sawtooth pattern, with sale prices for the same items varying dramatically week to week. Alcohol Health Watch Executive Director Andrew Galloway joins me to discuss the implications for alcohol harm. And Andrew, it might be kind of stating the obvious, but do cheap prices encourage people to, people to drink more booze?
2: Yes, uh, very, very um, squarely there's about 30 years of empirical research evidence which confirms that um, the cheaper alcohol is, the more harm there is.
1: And what's the current state of alcohol harm in New Zealand? How would you describe it?
2: Uh, it's been stable, which is not a good thing. Um, we spend in New Zealand, uh, the latest estimate um, in 2019 from an economist was $7.85 billion. Um, those costs are borne across a range of um, both public and private. Um, um, Homes, if you like, for, for those costs. You know, healthcare is a big one. Um, police and justice, um, social welfare. The biggest cost uh, is productivity. The cost of lost um, of lost productivity, and that means that everyday businesses are, are paying some of that cost uh, when people turn up to work um, having consumed alcohol and maybe aren't as productive as they could be, or they don't turn up. Um, and um, um, yeah, those costs are, are huge. Um, you put that against the excise tax um, that the government collects, which is roughly 1.195 uh, billion, if I'm correct. Um, there's a big gap there between what what the government collects in excise tax and the and the externality, of the cost that that um, the both government and society pay.
1: Yeah, basically. So it's costing us more than it's bringing in.
2: Like
0: what you're hearing, join the discussion with our member subscribers at our website,
2: nbr.co.nz.
1: What would Alcohol Health Watch or people in your space like to see happen to try and counter that?
2: Price is the most effective lever uh, when you're looking at reducing harm. And we've seen that with with smoking rates coming down every time an excise tax increase is is applied. Um, And we would suggest the same with with alcohol. In fact, the Law Commission in 2010, when the government tasked it to do a landmark review of alcohol's regulatory um, regime, um, recommended minimum unit pricing and an increase in excise tax uh, as two two really evidence-based and effective measures. Um, the government at that stage um, committed to uh, look into minimum unit pricing but didn't take the recommendation on excise tax. And I think we um, would be wise to revisit those recommendations in the present day.
1: Yeah, so if they implemented a, a minimum price, that would go some way to stopping this the sawtooth pricing?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, we've seen minimum price implemented in Scotland and some of our um, jurisdictions in Australia and, and other countries. And um, recent uh, conversations with alcohol experts in Scotland um, confirm that they, they they believe that the um, implementation of minimum unit pricing in Scotland helped curb some of the um, rates of drinking. We saw during COVID um, in New Zealand um, in, in their jurisdiction. So I think it does make a, a really good um, impact and it was recommended by the Law Commission after a really long um, look into uh, the the issue.
1: What about something like uh, the situation we have in New Zealand where we have the trusts in Invercargill and West Auckland, is there any evidence that that kind of regulation makes any difference?
2: Look, the trusts have been effective in in one way, in my opinion, in that they have limited um, density. So. We can't have competition in, in those monopoly licensing trust areas, Waitakere, Portage and Invercargill. Um, however, I think they're still competitive with, with their colleagues, and, and especially in Auckland, where the border's is not hard to, to cross, to, to go and get that cheap alcohol if, if it was more um, less competitively priced. Um, but it would be um, really difficult to try and implement a trust model in areas that don't have them currently. Um, and we don't see a difference in, in total harm. Um, in those areas, as against uh, others,
1: so a minimum unit standard and a, a rise in the excise tax would be the king hits. How much would the tax have to go up by to make a difference? Do
2: you think? Look, the Law Commission recommended a 50% tax increase, um, which really would only drive up the cost by 10% for for the consumer and um, you know for, for the everyday consumer. Uh, that that I don't think is is an unreasonable um, increase. Um, it would hit hot, hot, um, the heaviest drinkers in, in the pocket more, um, which is ultimately going to drive their uh, consumption down, hopefully, and, and reduce harm. Our polling um, recently suggested 63% of New Zealanders supported raising the price um, if the funds were to go to mental health and addiction. So I think there is actually good public support for it if it's explained well and, and it's been collected um, to help offset some of those high costs.
1: Andrew Galloway of Alcohol Health Watch, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you.
0: NBR recently got hold of data supplied by retail intelligence firm Audion called Price Pulse. We asked Audion to come in and talk to us about their company and why they're collecting this data. With me is CEO and co-founder Mark Priscott. And Mark, why did you supply the data to us?
5: Yeah, We uh, reached out to uh, first of all, I guess, spread the word about it, a little bit about what we're doing, which is um, trying to help brands, uh, distributors in the grocery sector better understand um, grocery pricing. Uh, and also, you know, we've got a consumer product we're working on, which we we think is going to, um, you know, bring some great, trans- you know, price transparency to consumers. And um, you know, and, and also I guess we've got great data, we think there's a lot of interesting stories that can be told with that, with that data, so I'm um, hoping you can make great use of it.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, what do people see when they look at this data? What are they sort of looking at? What are they viewing?
5: Yeah, so we are collecting the price of every product in every supermarket every day and then putting it into a great big data warehouse and then using a business intelligence platform to just tell different stories. And, and those stories that people want to understand are different depending on what they do. So a brand want, wants to understand um, their competitors. They also sometimes want to understand their own products because they don't, they're not always the decision makers. Depends on the, the power of the brand. I would say the, the top brands are probably a little bit more um, able to dictate price. You know, the smaller guys. They might have a plan for a, for a product and, and some pricing, and that may not come to fruition like they wanted yes. to. Yeah. So, um, you know, just making it super easy for a brand, a disty, whoever you know, whoever is in the grocery sector, to be able to understand the question that they have as quickly as possible with as much insight as possible.
0: And you have plans for a consumer product down the track.
5: Yes, so we've built a, a beta version of it and. Again, um, I guess different fr- same data, all built, f- you know, on the same foundational data, which is going to every retailer's site and scraping all that pricing data of every product. So, you know, we get about a million data points a day, I think, you know, at least,
2: wow. um,
5: and basically using that data to make pricing tra- as transparent as possible for consumers. So, is a promotion a good promotion? Um, you know, how does it compare to? whichever stores you want to shop at over the last 40 days maybe it's at $7.50 but it's regularly at $6.50 at the shop down the road so when they say it's a special is it truly a special if it's not cheaper than the the market or better understand a promotion cycle hey it's two weeks on and two weeks off so if you want to save money and you've got the resources you could buy three weeks of stock and never buy it not on special Um, and then also actually give the Um, the basket cost between retailers so if you've got a shop and it's $400 maybe it's $350 or $320 if you switch to a different retailer and 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 that's personalized everybody's you know actual shop so I think super useful for consumers Um, Mm -hmm. we've only got a beta version out but eventually hoping to (coughs) to release that and and um, yeah start adding value to consumers and help them shop smarter and save money.
0: Does the data give any sense of whether our market is competitive or not?
5: That is a hard question. Um,
0: The prices are very variable, aren't they? Very variable. They're always moving, seemingly.
5: Yeah, and sometimes, you know, one of the reports we're building is a promotion depth report because, you know, sometimes it's 10, 20% off and then sometimes it's 40% off, but only occasionally. So understanding that you know even at one retailer is difficult, but between retailers it's a lot more difficult. Um, and you know we can't change the grocery market structure, but no. um, what we can do is help consumers make the best of the current situation. Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll leave that for other people to yeah. to solve whatever perceived issues there are in the in the grocery market.
0: But does it does it suggest, could we say that it seems as though promotions are quite arbitrary? Or can uh, we not even really say that?
5: No, I'm not sure. No, I, I wouldn't say that they're I, I don't think they're arbitrary. I think they seem quite structured and they spend a certain amount of time at different price points, and every maybe, you know, two months there's an extra special discount. Probably, I, I presume, if you lined it up with public holidays, it might be, right. you know, some, some yeah. you know, might be some invites. We haven't tried that, but maybe that's worth doing. Mm. Actually, that's a great thing. We'll try, you know, <laughs> yes. Over that same Actually, data, we yeah. could just put the public holidays to yeah. see, hey, we, when those extra special, holo- you know, promos come on. Um, but yeah. no, like, they, they look like they've got a pretty, pretty big plan for pricing, from what I've seen. There's obviously more... Um, uh, movement between the pack and saves because they're you know more run by the owner um, than by, um, you know, than, say, Countdown, which is all central pricing, one one pricing.
0: Yeah. Um, and just finally, if I talk to you in, say, 10 years, what will the company be doing?
5: Uh, so I would say we're hopefully the place where people start their shop. So you'll come to us because we'll have all the pricing of all the products with all the history and direct you where you can get that product without having to go and do all that research yourself we'll collect it all present it to you and um you'll be able to make the decision really easily you know even even things like split shop hey you know you want to buy these 500 dollars worth of products hey we'll automatically split it and distribute it between multiple different retailers you know and and I, i guess in 10 years retailing could look very different um i'd imagine there's uh, the logistics of it will change um pretty dramatically and you know you might not um you know Maybe you're still at a going to a supermarket, or maybe you're. It's coming directly from all the suppliers, um, and it's one single place which is collecting and distributing your orders to those different places. So it's a mm. hard to envisage logistics is going to change so much. To be honest,
0: it is. Thank you so much for coming in.
5: Oh no problem. Thanks for inviting me.
0: And that's been this week's people in business. Thanks for listening. If you're hungry for more and want to join the discussion, head over to nbr.co.nz.